When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. And now there's a break here. Sam Kerr can run at Millie Bright. Sam Kerr continues on. Edge of the box. Kerr strikes! Stadium Australia has never, ever, ever been louder. Well, it's not as happy as what we were at that moment last night when Sam Kerr banged home one of the great moments of World Cup soccer for Australia. But unfortunately, the result didn't go our way. Some are saying maybe fatigue from the Matildas having to back up four days after Saturday. Some are saying we were just outclassed by a better Lioness side. And England go through to the final now to play Spain this Sunday. Australia to play Sweden in the playoff for third position uh, over the weekend. This is Scotty Sattler for Sports Day. Uh, thanks for joining us on a Thursday night. We've got SEN League tonight as well. Can't forget that. The Cowboys are hosting the Cronulla Sharks. The Cronulla Sharks, well, they landed in Townsville on Monday to try and acclimatise in those four days. And a bit later on, we're going to have Craig Fitzgibbon, the Sharks coach, who we caught up with earlier on the week, myself and Matty Rogers. But last night, well, it was all about the Matildas' record-breaking numbers when it comes to viewership. Uh, there was 11, just over 11 million people that watched that game last night. And I don't think there would have been too many that didn't at least cast their eye across you know, the two hours from 8 till 10 o'clock last night. It was outstanding to watch. The scenes at Stadium Australia were reminiscent of the 2005 World Cup qualifier with Australia and John Aloisi and Mark Schwarzer and co., and also the 2003 Rugby Union World Cup, Australia versus England as well. So we got the Ashes, we got the netball, but we haven't got through to the final in the Women's World Cup, but they've done us proud, the Matildas. I think we all agree. As I introduced, Daddy Vass is going to join us throughout the show as well. You watched it, Co? Yeah, yeah, watched uh, most of the second half there and caught a bit of the, the first half. And, mm. uh, in, mate, England were just all over us, weren't they? I've got to say... I've been listening to some of the Alicia Carnivus, who's one part of the SEN soccer call, the football call, and she said England are very good at slowing down the play, but mm. when you've got the ball, they're very aggressive, they're in your face. So when you are fatigued, like Matilda's with a short turnaround, if you are aggressive and in the face of your opposition, you don't have the energy to pull yourself through it. So smart tactics by the Lionesses. It was mm. very smart, well coached, well coached. I, I heard some stat within the first 25 minutes, which was England had like 140-something passes. passes. Yeah, Australia had 30-something. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Possession outweighed the Aussies. But in the end, they it just... It just frustrates your opposition when you do that. You continually yeah. just pass the ball backwards, side, and not really having any shot. But what you're doing is you're slowly working over your opposition. It's the same in rugby league. You, you retain possession mm. and just get through it. Penrith do it beautifully. They strangle you to death, and that's... That's what the Lionesses did to Australia, the yeah. Matildas last night. No, nah, definitely. definitely. But they've done us proud. They've done us proud. It's been outstanding. It, it has actually captured the imagination of many uh, a man and 
and female that don't watch football. Re- and I'm one of those. I don't regularly watch football. I'll catch up on the EPL scores. I'll keep up on the A-League scores, but I won't watch a full game. But I will now, as of this tournament, I'll watch which interest with interest the uh, the the careers of some of the the young ladies have been part of the Matildas. Is it fair to say that previously to this World Cup, your football uh, kind of knowledge was coming from Short Jack, Small Jack? Yeah, Jack McDonald. Yeah, yeah. And Short Jack. It yep. was too. Yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> but I'm a I'm a typical bandwagon World Cup follower. Mm. So when it's the Football World Cup, men's or women's, I'm happy to jump on like a lot of Australians are. The Rugby World Cup, love it. Can't wait for it. So the Netball World Cup, outstanding. And watched pretty much a lot of that as well. And I've got to admit, I do watch a lot of the Suncorp Super Netball, Netball Series as well. So Australia has, uh, well, we've been in the headlines for the Ashes, the Netball World Cup, and now the, the FIFA Women's World Cup. Outstanding. Uh, coming up on the show outside of Craig Fitzgibbon, our warm-up segment, thanks to Reem. We're going to preview the cru- crucial clash between the Cowboys and the Sharkies tonight. So important for both sides. Ninth, the Cowboys, coming off a bye, up against the fifth Sharks, who really need to have a win to stay inside and potentially, potentially, I don't think it's going to happen, but try and finish as close to that top four as possible. Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. Big winter racing carnival and some big events coming up as well, especially up in North Queens and up around the Cairns district. So let's get to a break on Sports Day. After the break, we'll, we'll have the good all from Cobram Estate in relation to what's happening in the world of the National Rugby League. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show for a Thursday night and we have all the good oil here on Sports Day thanks to Cobram Estate. Now, Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil and a day after Tim Sheens has decided to part ways at the end of the season with the West Tigers. Well, it seems as though the... I don't know where this is coming from. Because the chairman, it's been reported that the chairman, Lee Hadjabentalis and Justin Pascoe, are now questioning whether Benji Marshall has the ability to be a head coach. Now, I suppose when you lay it all out, Benji Marshall has never coached at any level. And so he's been given a an NRL head coaching job when a lot of players have had to do, you know, had to work through the grades and, and be an assistant coach over time. So there are some concerns that the West Tigers are giving jobs to the boys. I'm not going to blame Tim Sheens for for doing the job that he did because he loves the club. He saw that it was struggling, so he thought that he could step in and be successful in the role. It it hasn't happened that way. I'm glad that he's stepping aside because I'm a protector of of Tim Sheens. I'm not saying what's been happening there is right, but I'm I'm glad that he was was a guy that was willing to step in and help his old club. Now, he sees that it's not going to be... Um, very comfortable moving forward in his role. So I'm glad that he stepped aside. So, But you've got to remember, firstly, Benji Marshall has been doing a majority or half share of the coaching this year. And so based on results, Hadjimentalis, Pascoe, whoever is questioning Benji, you know, probably have a point based on the results so far. But the, the results haven't been great, but they have been in a lot of games. Daddy Vass, I believe, they've been in some games. They've had one of the biggest wins of the season over over the Cowboys at Leichhardt that night. Um, but 
like I've always said, you're not going to improve unless you admit there's concerns. And I don't think they're admitting. They may be internally. They may be admitting there's concerns. But I'll keep saying this. Until they do a complete, full, independent review of the club across all the departments in the rugby league department. So, uh, for example, yeah, they've got to do a – there's been no balance, there's been no cohesion, no stability to the club for at least seven or eight years. They haven't played finals in, in 10 years. 11. With, 11 years. Well, with a, with a review of the entire rugby league department, they get to look – and that includes the involvement of the CEO and the chairman in the football department, which mm. sometimes doesn't happen in a lot of clubs. The CEO stays out of the football department if they don't have a, a rugby league background. You work with the the chief financial officer around the salary cap with an independent review. You look at whether the resources are correct, with the you know, whether it's got the resources to get success, or whether you got the right coaches in all the grades, the right performance staff. What are your recruitment protocols? What's your pathway programs going to look like? Are they built for sustainability? Unless the Tigers are willing to go down that path completely independently. I could have a guy that would do it for them for free who's been doing it around the world. Irish Rugby Union, the All Blacks Rugby Union, uh, Melbourne Storm helped set up a lot of their protocols back in 1998. Unless they're willing to go down that path, they are going to continue to be in a vicious cycle. You know what, Sats? They seem to always be defending themselves. When anything goes wrong, the first thing you hear is defence. They just need a, they need someone in there to go, look, things aren't right at the moment here at the West Tigers. Well, the, the CEO and the, the chairman have to be the ones that come out and say, we are hurting, we are bleeding internally, and we need to, we need to close that wound. And the only way they're going to do it, one, is with a complete independent full review of their rugby league department mm. and everyone's roles in that department, identify the players and staff, pe- staff members that are dragging the club down internally, mm. Uh, but also, um, they've, if they admit that they're they're hurting, they've got to get a general manager that's in there, like you're talking about, Cohen. Mm. They've got to get a general manager in there that has no history with the club, but has the ability to challenge everybody, including the head coach, including the chairman, including the CEO, and make decisions for what is the best interest of the club. Now, I'm quickly going to compare the Tigers to the Broncos, right? So, Paul White... Mm. Obviously, some issues around Wayne Bennett and and Steve's coming to the club, right? He goes. Dave Donahue comes in, right? Broncos, Wooden Spooners, uh, 2020, mm. right? Currently second. I think they did an independent review, had some very hard conversations, yep. especially even after last year, after that capitulation at the end of the season mm. with Kevy Walters. They've come out this year and obviously sorted all that off-field it's, it's also about timing, the right timing with yeah. the players that you've got. They're a little bit more mature. Mm. They're buying into what the club wants to try and achieve. Where before the last couple of years, they were very young and immature. They've yep. never been used to this. They think they know it all, but they don't. But um, you're right. It's, they had a full review. I've got to say, Paul White had a lot to do with rugby league because he's got a huge rugby league background. Mm. Um, and had a big relationship with Wayne Bennett for a lot of years back in South Magpies days in the 80s. So... But Ben Eichen came in as a general manager of rugby league. He rattled a few cages. Probably to the to his own detriment where he actually left the Broncos, he's taken the CEO role with the Queensland Rugby League, which was, it was a great role for him. Mm. But he went in there, he rattled a few cages, and a lot of people weren't happy with some of the direction that he wanted to take. But in the end, 
it held people accountable. Definitely, that, it needs to happen, man. Yeah. The time, you know, when you get when you are wooden spoon, surely alarm bells are just ringing, and and, and you know they're on the path to to get their second, and and not much has changed. So, I'm, I'm like not I said, firstly they got to they got to admit mm. that they're doing things wrong, and when they do that, that they then put some protocols in place to identify where they're going wrong by someone who's independent. And the biggest thing is identifying players and staff who are the the seeping wound within the club. Yeah. And if a person knows what they're doing, they'll find them. That's where you start. What do you think? 0457 736 736. Cobra Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. The warm-up segment. Thanks, Reem. Round 25 tonight between the Cowboys and the Sharkies. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Warm-up segment. Thanks to Ream on a Thursday night. Accept nothing less than Australia's best Ream. Crucial match, round 25. Still getting used to 27 rounds, Daddy. Yeah. It, it's it's used, weird, yeah, isn't it's, it? It's strange. Yeah. It's strange. Now, the Cowboys hosting the Sharkies. This is going to be a really good game. I found this the toughest one to to, to pick. try and pick a winner yeah. and margin. So, ninth place Cows, fifth place Sharkies. Now, the Cows sit on 28 points. I think you've got to get to 32 to be guaranteed a, a finals position. And no Val Holmes. The Cows, two back-to-back losses. I think the buys come at a really good time for them with um, with them having a buy. And they just had to recalibrate themselves after the two losses to the Titans and also the, the, the Gold Coast Titans. But the Cowboys get Nanai back. That's a huge in. Uh, Jason Taumalo. We're going to hear from Craig Fitzgibbon very soon after the break because uh, Matty Rogers and I caught up with him earlier on in the week. They went to Townsville on Monday to try and acclimatise. I don't know whether you can acclimatise mm. in two or three days, but but a big milestone. 250 games for Jason Taumalolo. They started playing first grade at 17. That's in young. The that so is, young. I can't even imagine that. Mm. Can't imagine it. I mean, I played my debut at 19, and I just – I was petrified for 50 games. I wouldn't have a clue what I he's was doing. He's a tank, but He's a tank. Yeah, he's a pretty special talent. Yeah. yeah. Mate, I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk to him very shortly, but – Matt Moylan, yep, Jersey Seventeen. Yeah, I think I think the utility role is his best role. He can play five eight. He can play centre. He can play fullback. If you had to play him in the lock forward position, you could play him in the lock forward position. Uh, I just, just, I don't think he's. Uh, I, I just don't think he's. His speed doesn't get him across the field quick enough in today's game. In mm. that in that position, he, he's not quick enough to get himself out of trouble he hasn't got a great kicking game so i think the utility value is actually his, his best position to be honest he's still got he's still got the potential to do something that's the thing you know, to bring him on for 10 or 15 minutes yeah. because of a hia or late in a game he's got that ability to to create something who have you i've got cows by four but i'm not confident mm, i'm nah, not confident. i'm going with the cows in, in north queensland that's off what the i said bye. cows by four oh i thought you said the sharkies <laughs> <laughs> my bad so what are you, cows by? Yeah, cows by 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No Val Holmes is a big one. 
Accept nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream. Australia's favourite hot water. That's the warm-up segment. Thanks to Ream. And after the break, as we said, Cronulla Sharks coach Craig Fitzgibbon. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Play back to Morris. Badiris intercepted by Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon striding over the halfway. Fitzgibbon, he's running out of petrol. They're going to get him, but he'll make it. Fitzgibbon scores a 90 he didn't take many intercepts oh. in his day, this guy, but I tell you what, he was so, a hell of a player. Sounded like he was on a treadmill that last Craig 15 metres. coach of the Sharkies <laughs> in 2002, semi-final against the Knights. How are you, Fitzy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, boys. How are you? Yeah, yeah really good. Well. I reckon your hamstrings would have been burning by about the, the halfway mark there. The little, the little, what was left of the fringe was flapping in the breeze, and the lactic was hitting me. And uh, so it looked more like a 400 than a 100. Hey, mate, a couple of really good weeks over the last two weeks, and you got the, the Cowboys who had the bye last week, and you're playing them in Townsville on Thursday night, but you've, you've taken the, the team up early on Monday. What's what's the reason behind that? Uh, we just acclimatised to the weather. We felt like it was important to get some training up here. We yep. had a good recovery day today, and um, yeah, just we, we ran this model um, last year, and it, and it worked okay. And the, the players sort of felt uh, well prepared for the game. And you know, sometimes we've chosen to go late, sometimes early, and um, for this occasion, just to just to get ourselves up here early and, and spend some time together, we thought it was important. How hard is that? As a coach and a performance team, Fitzy, to get that balance right, like, do we go too early? Do we get too late? Is it is it is it a decision that you guys make as a coaching staff and performance, or do you let the players have a bit of buy into that? Uh, a bit of everything, really. So we we go over to staff, and then I, I ask, usually ask the leader's opinion, but. You sort of track where you've had um, decent results, and you know we've had um, we've had a result going early, and then we've had a bad result going early. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like um, case by case scenario. So last uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we went to Perth, um, you know we just decided to go as pretty much after our um, after at the end of a day off, and then just did a captain's run straight into the game and got out of there. So you know sometimes a hit and run mission can work, but uh, I think. Uh, with the climate up here, we sort of felt like it was important to spend some time here. And but yeah, you know, you're never fully sure. You just like to think you're banking your preparation, and, and at the end of the day, you've got to turn up with your contest um, head on. Mm. Mate, uh, talking about you know Perth and and last week, obviously the results over the last couple of weeks of against the Rabbits and the Titans. It's is it is that resilience in defence? Is that is that what you've been looking for? Like, it seemed like a different outfit defensively. Yeah, what. Well, it's going to sound bizarre, but you don't want to celebrate a 28-0 defeat too much. But um, we had a, a lot of adversity at the end. We lost um, Ronnie Mawatala at the end of captain's run before Penn, the Penders game. And we had to change the, the team um, around. Blake's hadn't trained in position um, basically for that whole week. And then we get onto the game and Will Kennedy does his hamstring six minutes of the game. Um, so Connor Tracy, who was training all week as a left centre, the day before the game, I said, you're left wing. And then six minutes in the game, you're full back. And Sifatalakai was on the bench. And then all of a sudden, he's not. Now you're centre. And then all of a sudden, now you're left wing. And then that wasn't working. So I had to put Jesse Ramian over to the left wing. And um, yeah, it was a lot of change, a lot of adversity to go through in a game. But I thought we stuck at it. Just a, a mountain of 
um, defence we had to get through. Mm. And, yeah, they basically basically got a couple of opportunistic tries off us from kick deflections where I thought we defended a bit better than the scoreline um, indicated. However, it was um, was a painful loss, but it was also a great lesson for us. Mm. What's the key now to, I mean, we've got three weeks until... You know the semi-finals start. Uh, what's the, what's the key now to keeping momentum through these last three games and potentially into the semis? Do you try to keep the players up, or do you try to get them away from the game and settle down in between matches? What what's the key, or, or what do you think um, is is best for your group of players? Well, we come off the back of a like a bit of a trough there, so you know the the pain is staying the same. Become so great we sort of did something about it and, and now it's about growing on that feeling and growing on that um the effort you know it didn't for sort of feel like our effort's been too bad but technically and you got to combine your effort with um with that and and it's about growing our performance um you know last week you, we probably wouldn't get a whole heap of credit for the for the, the win over the titans but i thought it was a strong victory i think they've been playing really strong the titans mm. it's actually quite a high ball in play game and mm. it's probably underestimated the output of that game was actually quite high so we just want to keep growing on that performance and as you know the, the standard and the intensity goes up through the back end of the year so we feel like well prepared for that and looking forward to that challenge yeah now speaking about keeping your players up and 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 motivated and and you know keeping that momentum rolling we, we talked about how hard you know coaching at the top level is and no one would disagree with it. What, how do you escape the 24-7 pressure of being at the helm of an NRL team? What, what do you do to, to sort of just, I guess, quieten in your mind a little bit? Well, I'm not escaping enough at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I reckon um, you know, a lot of people have different hobbies. Just having a couple of hobbies to escape. And family, family's the best outlet. Like, I feel like, you know, any time, quality time with the family where you know they don't care about results or they don't care about the pressure they're, they're still your they're still your kids still your wife so uh, yeah that's a, a terrific release and um spending time with them and watching them grow up is um the best outlet but having a couple of hobbies i think is key for most coaches just to, mm. you, it is quite difficult to stop the wheel spinning so you um yeah you need something to, something to escape and recharge and sometimes you think you've got to work more but um, the, the more you work, the more you think. You actually get clouded. You sometimes need to stop so you can think clearly. Yeah, some players are really important, Fitzy, to, to playing groups outside of what they bring to the field, but around training, their personality, they're able to get the, the enthusiasm up amongst the playing group. Toby Rudolph seems to be one of those guys. He was out for an extended period of time. Mm. He came back in two or three weeks later. It's those little dynamics that, that can change a season. Do you agree? Yeah, we've... Um... With Toby, I thought he was developing really well last year and um, really consistent performer. He missed the last sort of four or five games with a medial injury and we threw him back out there for the semis under Darn because he's an important part of how we play. And then um, when he actually he had a really significant toe injury this year, mm. but he still um, he had to defend his goal line for three sets in a row after he'd done his toe and um, just remarkable show of effort and heart and... Um, yeah, having him back, he's um, yeah, he's been um, probably underrated a little bit. Like he's he's high on our effort effort radar with his the, the work rate off the ball, and um, yeah, he's definitely a character. He's um, you like to have um, some different personality types in your team, and Toby's one of the ones that 
Um, he's got no filter, so sometimes <laughs> it's inappropriate, but sometimes it gets us laughing and connected. Yeah, nice. Now, he's one of my favourite players in the comp, Connor Tracy. He's filling it at fullback at the moment for Will Kennedy. What's his best position, Fitzy? Um, yeah, it's difficult to know with Connor. Like, this is, um, yeah, last year he carried, um, missed most of the preseason with groin injuries and then got into the season and he had struggled days and then he found his way into the team and then he had a significant head knock and then he found his way back into the team and this year he had an ankle injury all preseason. And then with Kate Dykes, um, hurting mm. his knee in preseason, Connor walked straight in and said, I want to train at fullback, I want to play fullback. So I said, oh, okay, fantastic. And we, um, you know, he developed himself there playing for the Jets and waiting for his opportunity, which he got at centre. And then it turns out now he's got his opportunity at fullback. So he's really well prepared for it. And um, little little energizer bunny that gives the team, um, you know, sort of just full of energy, you know. Wadey Graham played his 250 for the club. He's been in the comp, seems like, 20 years. But he must yeah. play a pretty important role to the mm. to the coaching team, an extension of the coaching team. Yeah, he is. That's, I think um, he, you'd know this from playing, but sometimes, like, leadership's really hard to measure. Mm. Like, it's... Um, it's not sometimes it's not a tangible output, but who who in the face of adversity or under stress or pressure of um, it's a hostile environment out there, but who's the calm head? Who's the one that's thinking rationally? Who's the one that's been there, seen it? Who's the one that they're looking at for confidence? And it's Wade for us. So um, obviously missing um, Dale Finucane, I uh, lose a, a bit of a void in leadership there. But I thought um, Wade and Cam Mitchell in particular have stepped up there and, and Nico's a developing um, leader at the moment too. So, but yeah, Wade's, Wade's um, yeah, it's, it's hard to measure his, his quality. Yeah, mate, I wanted to ask you, Braden Trindle did a phenomenal job for the team, you know, the first four rounds of the season with Nico Hines out. Uh, he's come back into the team and he seems to be really finding his feet. That's something different, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does, he's done, um, he's done a lot of trigger. He had those solid games at the start of the year. Um, obviously, the combination and, um, you know, with, with Matty Moyle and the, um, what Matty does, he makes Nico and Will Kennedy better players and he was obviously um, quite consistent for most of the year, but um, with Braden taking that, that slot, he's um, he's really taken it with two hands and, you know, we sort of, you know, you want competition for spots and just wanted more fight from Tricky and once we started developing that fight and come back he's really he's really stepped up and he's kept it simple and his his combination with Nico's uh growing but it still needs to develop a bit more. Mm. Has he got that smart ass larrikin like his namesake Daryl Trindle? Ah, <laughs> uh, he's got a bit of cheek about him which you want, don't you? Like you want um Halfback's got to be a, uh, it's got to be a spirit. It's got to be a connector of your team. He's definitely got some cheek in him, but yeah, the boys love him. Yeah, nice stuff. Nice stuff. Thursday night, 7.50, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Ninth place Cowboys hosting fifth place Sharkies. Craig Fitzgibbon, good luck on Thursday night, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. No worries. Thanks, boys. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Yeah, absolutely it is. And every Thursday we catch up with this man, Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day like it does every week across the Sunshine State. And don't forget, Chris Nelson, imagine what you could be buying instead. How are you? Oh, I'm going very well, Sats. Uh, and yourself? Very well, very well. Looking forward to this weekend for Ooh. a number of reasons, as you would be as well, because... 
Yes. You know, it's a it's an interesting phase in racing, isn't it? We're about to we're not sort of quite there for the spring racing, but we're not far away. Well, it's funny you should say that because we're still in winter, but on Saturday we have the first Group One of the uh, of the racing season. That's the Winx Stakes at Randwick, so we're off and running pretty early, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got the Northern Winter Carnival at the moment, haven't we? July seven through to we September have. nine. Yeah, you're spot on there. And we've got the uh, the Cairns Newmarket at Cannon Park at Cairns on uh, Saturday. So looking forward to that. And don't forget, next Saturday is the Cairns Cup. And then not long after that, of course, we have the Cairns Amateurs. So yes. that uh, keeps rolling on further up the coast uh, as we get to uh, to Cairns on the weekend. So really looking forward to that. That's a big month, isn't it? 19th of August, it the is. Cairns Newmarket. 26th of August, Cairns Cup. 9th of September, Cairns Amateurs, giddy up, one of the greatest days on the racing calendar. <laughs> if you haven't been there, make sure you do. Uh, what else is on this weekend, Nelson? Uh, we've got good racing uh, all around uh, the state. So we have the main meeting, of course, at Doombin on Saturday. We also race at uh, Aquas Park, Gold Coast on the Poly Track. Uh, we race at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone. We've mentioned uh, Cairns there, Cannon Park for the, uh, the new market. And we race at uh, the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Some country meetings. Uh, not covered by the TAB. Uh, now, a few names here, or one in particular, Sats, you might have to help me with, Aramac. Where's Aramac? Aramac? What, as in, are you talking about not the horse, as uh, in the place? <laughs> the place, A-R-A-M-A-C. So Aramac, I'll let you just Google that quickly. Uh, Bowen, we race at Dingo. It's a Dingo Cup. Mm. We race at Gympie on the sand. We go to Mount Isa, and we also go to Roma as well. So far and wide this weekend, plenty of uh, non-tab meetings. If you're in those areas, get out and support the clubs. They're always good days. I tell you what, it's out near Longreach, Bar Calden, which is nearly smack bang in the middle of Queensland. Blackall, yeah, Longreach, Bar Calden, it's a long way away, but it's the lifeblood of our state, isn't it? It is. Those areas. It, well, don't suggest I get in the car Saturday morning and uh, take a drive you out. Might I'll leave get now. There in time you for might the last. leave right now, yeah. <laughs> so what are we looking at this weekend? Give us some tips. All right. I'm pretty keen. Race four at Doombin, number five, Hell of a Deal. Third up from a break. Uh, really caught the eye over 1,400 metres two weeks ago. Gets to 1,600 metres, draws a lovely gate, gets in nicely at the weights. So I think is very, very hard to beat. Race four, number five. Race six, number six, Rainbow Connection. Uh, look. Beaton is a favourite first up a couple of weeks ago, but there was plenty of excuses there. The, uh, the tempo didn't suit. He would have had to have been Burnborough to get anywhere near the leaders, and he's not Burnborough. So uh, he can make amends there. And race eight, number two, a little bit each way here, Bonaparte, who won first up a couple of, well, four weeks ago, actually. Uh, nice and fresh here. Good gate. Doesn't look all that much harder to me. You'll probably get about 5 or $6 for Bonaparte. Nice. So race eight, number two. They are the three main bets. And don't forget... Tony Gollan's got our Magic Millions winner, Skirt the Law, going around at Caulfield on Saturday. Race seven, number five, the Quisette Stakes. So Is that after a break? Skirt the Law. Had a spell, has it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's had a spell, so she's first up on Saturday. So looking forward to seeing her down south. And uh, we've got uh, Tony Gollan on the punters, mate, tomorrow afternoon. So you'll get uh, the word right from the trainers now. Yeah, nice, nice. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Nelson, imagine what you could be buying Instead, always, and for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. You too, Sats. All the best. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Now, the Matildas, not let before we say goodbye to you all, thank you for joining us on Thursday night. The Matildas set to play third versus fourth Sweden on the weekend.
France, sorry, I should say England, are playing for the uh, the Women's World Cup up against Spain. Mm. You got there. Already forgotten about it. <laughs> they sent the Matildas out. Already, already forgotten about the uh, the two top teams. Will so, you tune in? Uh, I won't watch the Spain and England one. Mm. I will, I will fleetingly try and catch up on the score right. with the Matildas. Yeah, yeah, without doubt. And before we go, also, uh, Jamel Charlo. If you're a boxing fan, he was the man that was meant to meet meet Tim Zhu in October. That's not happening now. Of course, Charlo is going to go fight Canelo Alvarez on October first. So that means. His belt, his world championship belt, super welterweight, WBA, will be handed to Tim Zhu the minute that he walks into that ring now. What? Jamel Charlo has come out and said, no, that, that can't happen. Well, it can because you were offered the fight. You should have taken it. You didn't. So Tim Zhu will be an official world champion. And watch his space in relation to who he fights next for, uh, I think it'll be for a couple of belts. So that'll be interesting. Well, I, I love it because I'm a boxing fan. Hope you enjoy Thursday Night Rugby League, round 25. It's the Cowboys hosting the Sharkies. Have a great Thursday night, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.